Welcome to What in the World, a project initiated by Hungry for Life International. Today's podcast is titled Charity Branding with Kula, and Jess will be interviewing Jamie Wendell. So grab your headphones, sit back, relax, and listen as web and branding guru Jamie from Kula Design Studios gives us tips on branding. Hi, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to the What in the World podcast, where we talk about all things to do with global nonprofits or just nonprofits in general. Uh, today, we're getting a little into the, the, the crux of branding and charity identity. Branding identity. Did I say yeah. that right, Jamie? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Branding. And Branch we Friday. have uh, our expert here, Jamie Wendell, who is the founder of Kula Design. Kula Studio. Kula Design, Design Studio. Thank yep. you. You got it. You got it. Um, so welcome here. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you. I've known Jamie me. for a yeah. couple of years because yeah. he's helped with some other business ventures, uh, web yep. design and stuff. And I've never actually met you in person. No, so. no. We chatted over video. Yeah, and a we've lot. done video calls yeah, so a it's lot. Nice. Nice, so it's nice, yeah, nice, nice to, to be get in, back to the world of being in person. Yeah, yeah, being in person. I love it. Another yeah. fun fact about Jamie is he is brother-in-laws with one of our staff members. Right? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. So it's a little family here at HFR. It really little is. Family it is. It's a small it world. Is. Small even, world. Even if you're from South Africa. Africa. Correct. Is that right? It is right. Okay. Not Australia, South Africa. Do people mm-hmm. get that confused a lot? A lot here in Canada. Where really? Are you from? Oh, first place is Australia. Second place, maybe British, like Britain, UK, Ireland, and then. Finally, people are like, oh, South Africa. And they're like, yep, you got it. Oh, got it. Yeah. well, I feel like there's a lot of South Africans in Chilliwack. There so is. Maybe... Lots, and most of them are doctors. And I'm yes. not a doctor, but most of them are doctors. Smart bunch you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. When did you move here? Uh, so I relocated in 2019. Okay. So fresh, still in Canada, but yeah, relocated in 2019, May. Yeah. Was, and... How long have you been married to to Diane? Diane, who yeah. is Christy's sister. And yes. Then... Yeah. So uh, it's been a year. Next week will be a year. Okay. Yeah. So well, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Um, well, yeah. So Jamie just recently overhauled the Hungry for Life website, Correct. and if if you've seen it, you know he is very good at what he does. Thank you. Um, so I want to dive into. We're going to cover the topic of branding mm-hmm. and. Give our listeners, specifically our nonprofit listeners, mm-hmm. some tips on branding because often, you know, you're you're in the throes of your cause day in and day out that you don't really think about your brand package or sure. your color scheme For or sure. messaging on your website or those kinds of things. And that is all very, very important mm-hmm. when you're trying to communicate mm-hmm. your cause. Mm-hmm. So I think that it'll be an interesting topic for those who are in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um anyone really sure why not for sure for sure i mean there might be some jargon and terminologies that people might not understand in your audience but uh they can google it yeah they can go on our website and then check it out but yeah um yeah because we might throw some of those out there today um, but i'll try and explain it as best as i can but even i even if you're not in the in the business world or industry Mm -hmm. like if you have social media you're branding for sure for to sure. some extent, right? Sure. Like even for your sure. social media yeah. pages are yourself you're creating yeah. yourself a brand. For sure. Did you know that, yeah. viewers? Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. So anyways, I want to ask you, what does Kula do? Yeah. So we're a global strategic design studio um, helping solo entrepreneurs and small business owners um, transform their brand image and connect with consumers and ultimately thrive. Um, we're super passionate about the small guys. Um, like I love working one-on-one with um, solo business owners predominantly. Um, and I would say our forte is like brand transformation and brand refreshes is what we're really, really good at. So like taking clients that are from the old 
into the new is kind of like our 14 would be really good at. Nice. Yeah. Um, have you noticed that there's a lot of refreshing that has to happen in the last in the last few years? Is like For sure. You know, as the next generation is kind For of coming sure. in. Is For sure. And technologies are changing and applications are changing. And yeah. um, for those who are in the movement, there's a whole no-code movement. So um, where there's a lot of apps and tools where you don't need to know the old school coding or HTML coding to actually build your websites or build okay. your applications. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of those tools out there. And so looking back at some of the old websites that were maybe hard coded are very like structured in their ways mm -hmm. or have a very old school look and feel like from 1995 or from yeah. the old window scenes. Yeah. And so uh, we have a lot of those transformations happening. People that are from like WordPress or Joomla or Drupal, similar to what you guys were on on Drupal. Right. We're really, really good at transforming those into a platform that's more modern, intuitive and has lots of design capabilities to like really show your branding cool. and your messaging. Nice. Yeah, and create a good experience. Uh, what does what does Kula mean? Oh, okay. So it's actually a Zulu word uh, from where I'm from, from South Africa. So okay. I wanted to bring some of my South African heritage, heritage into the brand. Nice. And so it basically yeah. means to grow, thrive, or increase. And so when we started out the branding, I even did brand strategy for Kula as well in the beginning when we launched. In, that was in late 2020. Mm -hmm. um, we then uh, wanted to create some meaning behind the brand. And so... Kula felt like a very strong word and we help small business owners and solo entrepreneurs grow and thrive. Mm -hmm. And so that word just resonated with me really well. And I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to roll with, with Kula Design yeah. Studio. Yeah. I love that name. It's yeah. very neat. Plus, Thank you. if you're watching this, his brand oh, yeah. is on his shirt and it's yeah. a very cool design as Thank well. You. Thank you. Um, and how much, sorry, did you already say how many years? You no. Know, how no, many years have yet. you been yeah. so, um, in business? So Coolers, we've only been running for a year and a half. So we okay. um, started out the pandemic like a lot of small businesses have okay. done. You yeah. know, a lot of people have realized, you know, they either we don't want to work. We need a web presence. Yeah, we need a web presence. Yeah. So I want to start my own thing. Yeah. Or, um, and so it started out the pandemic. Um, unfortunately, got let go of my previous agency. So I was like, okay, well, here's my opportunity to start my own thing again. And I've done this many times before back in South Africa. So it's not my first rodeo. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Yeah, so we launched Kula, so it's a year and a half now running, and we've done really, really well. Um, just everyone wants to be online, and everyone needs branding, and so mm -hmm. kind of rocketed last year. We had a really great year. Mm -hmm. um, and But in the industry, the design industry, it's probably about seven plus years now that I've been within the design industry. Okay. So doing designing, branding, logos, websites, all of those stuff things, working at different agencies in the past, so right. collectively got a, a lot of experience there yeah. in the design field, for sure. Okay, so when... Uh, when uh, I hired you for our side business. You yes. were brand new. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. I never would have guessed. No. He's that good, guys. Thank you. He's that good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, what's your favorite part about what you do? Oh, um, I would say twofold. One is um, working with people from all around the world. So believe it or not, our clients, because we online, most of our business online, similar to like how we helped you, yeah. um, it's all over video. And so... Our clients are from all over the world, like mm -hmm. our contractors from all over the world. So getting to meet people from different cultures, yeah. learning about their businesses, learning about them and just seeing like having really cool conversations. Yeah. Um, I mean, our contractors are from and some of our core team members are from like Philippines and Germany and South Africa and India, Pakistan, mm -hmm. like pretty much all over Canada. Um, and our clients are also from all over as well. Like we've helped clients in the Caribbean and Dallas, Texas, California, oh, really? Germany, South Africa, um, Hong Kong, like okay. pretty much all over. 
And uh, it's, it's been really, really cool to kind of chat to different people from different walks of life. Yeah. I would say that's probably the one part that I enjoy, enjoy the most. Um, and then the second part is uh, really helping um, small business owners transform. Mm-hmm. Like not just their business because we're helping them like be, you know, be proud of their business and, and kind of like transform the way they look and show up online. But um, really seeing them transform as a person because once we're done normally with the whole branding process and the website process and all of that we take them through, um, you get to see like their, how they, they just have a new energy for their brand and for their business, especially mm-hmm. the existing ones. So they, have, they feel like they have a new leaf on life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love seeing that, the transformation of them personally, like now mm-hmm. they're proud of their brand and they're confident to now show off their, their business and brand to the world. And that transformation is what I really love. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay, back to the first part about what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when we go into different countries and different, and like, it's not like a one size fits all. Like you can't take uh, one project from Philippines and put it in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So like how difficult is is it to be aware of like their their cultures when you're doing branding and web design and like, sure. like that's a lot it's to a lot. have to know. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's, it depends if their business is local. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of research normally before going into the conversations, but also um, during the project itself, there's yeah. a lot of like stuff happening in the background, a lot of digging, a lot of um, finding out about their industry and their consumers and yeah. their markets and understanding their cultures and how they operate and how they work. Because even yeah. when I arrived here in Canada, um, the corporate market or the way people do business here is very different to South Africa. So I, even when I arrived here, you have to understand, you know, how people work. Maybe they work at a faster pace. The communication style might be slightly different. The things we say back in South Africa are slightly different to what, how people communicate here. So right. there's a lot of those things you kind of have to learn. Yeah. Sometimes you learn it on the fly and yeah. you get just by asking questions sure. in the conversations. But but yeah, it's it's really cool working with, with different people from around the world. Yeah, sure. yeah. As yeah. We know here that yeah. we yeah. love that too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, so let's dive into some some problems mm-hmm. um, that that are common. I want to know what you see consistently as like a common mistake that I mean, you can go generic, but if you can speak to specifically nonprofits, like what are some mistakes that you see in branding mm. or web design mm. specifically to nonprofits? But you can go generic too. Got if, it. Yeah, got it, got it, got it. Um, I would say probably the most common mistake is they a lot of like it depends on especially if they're a startup like if they're non-profit just starting mm-hmm. a lot of times um their capital is is tight or their cash flow is tight mm-hmm. and so you would often find like they want to do things either really cheaply or they try and like want to DIY their brand yeah. um, and they want to maybe do it themselves right like sure. try to try and save on costs which I get it like yeah. that's you you got to you got to protect your money in the beginning mm-hmm. but um what often what I find with nonprofits, what that does is the long term, it can diminish your brand long term. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you try and like hire someone for 50 bucks online to do your logo for you, yeah, that's great. But it makes it really hard down the line to roll out the brand um, effectively through different mediums and channels. Um, and also just the way people might perceive your brand might not be the quality or the the look and feel that you were after in the beginning. And so, yes, maybe doing it yourself can save you money, but long term it has, there's that ripple effect of maybe being outshined by your competitors yeah. or those type of things, right? So yeah. I would say that's probably one of the most common common mistakes. I would say is rather take the money and invest in it in the beginning properly. Even mm-hmm. when I started out, um, I'm in this field and I had to pay brand strategists and really good brand identity designers to come up with Cooler's logo. So it's not like I could have done it myself, 
mm-hmm. but I'd rather invest the money and get someone professionally to do it mm-hmm. um, because long term it speaks volumes. Yeah. And so I would say that's probably one of the the common the more common ones. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Like just coming from like if you if you don't have a concept of um, brand strategy. You're not going to want to throw money at it. It's just like, oh, just, you know, quickly pay the online guy 50 bucks. And Correct. Yeah, Correct. but it doesn't help you communicate your vision, your your message Correct. and your cause. Correct. So um, I know from sitting down with you and going mm-hmm. through that whole process, mm-hmm. you ask a ton of questions. For sure. Um, like, what are we trying to, what is our end game? Like, what do we want to communicate to people? And it's it's hard when you don't have that overarching person or For business. Sure. Who For is, sure. Okay, what about tr- like a uh, website trends or or like fonts or colors like what is passe what is passe? like what is like gone like what's 90s i don't know i because i mean these days like uh we see a lot of like well especially in the no code movements we build on a platform called webflow which yep. is what hfl's new website is built on yeah um and so in the webflow community like your design limitations are almost endless. Like it's whatever you can come up creatively. So we've even seen some of the more retro 90s stuff come back into play on some websites. And so it really depends on the business and what they're trying to convey and what they're trying to visually put across to their audience um, and capture them. But um, we've had some of those funky bright colors, like even for some of our brands, we've done um, some clients out of the UK where they're a lot more bold and a lot more ambitious. And we've even done some really bold, funky colors and um, ways of showing up online. Mm-hmm. And so we brought some of that old school stuff back into their website building process. Okay. But I would say um, trends, as you know, come and go all the time. Like yeah. things are changing and I think it just depends on the business and where and where they want to take it. Yeah, I guess um, good point. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you can tailor your brand to whatever message you want. For sure. There, so. And look and feel, you can basically, I mean, it's open, right? Like yeah. you can you can really like the design capabilities are endless. Like right. you can really get re- super creative or you can go really minimalist and simple. Mm-hmm. And so all depends on the client and the audience but um yeah i mean trends it's it's the thing right like you got to just watch the trends see what new things are happening you can apply some of them test it out see if it works if it doesn't work then go back and change it and that's the fun part about using workflow is that you can make changes like that on the fly without having to to code right yeah that is handy yeah coding seems like a uh, a different language for sure for sure for sure (laughs) um what do you what are a few different elements of branding and Okay, maybe I should back up and maybe yeah. we should define branding. Define, for sure, for sure. Whoa. That's a good that's a good that's a good that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, can you define yeah, branding sure, so that we can sure. establish that foundation before we dive in? For sure, for sure. So yeah. um there's many definitions. So a lot of people have different definitions when it comes to branding, but yeah. it's how we see it is branding is basically shaping perceptions. So Often people think branding is just, when they think of branding, they think a logo. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Like right. people, that's the first thing they're like, mm-hmm. logo, branding, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. But actually branding is, it's not just the logo, it's everything. It encompasses all of it. Mm-hmm. So it's all the way from how you show up, how do you speak, um, how do you dress, how do you walk, how do you talk, how do you your look and feel. It's Branding is basically everything. It's your customer experience. It's your mm-hmm. ser- customer service. Um, and so... Basically, branding is how do you want to be perceived in the consumer's mind? Mm-hmm. How do you, what is that perception that you're trying to shape in their mind? Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's shaping that perception, perception in, their, in their mind um, ultimately. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, not it's collectively. Logo or, not just yeah. the logo. Not just the logo, but, <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's the way you talk, the, your messaging, um, the way you show up, mm-hmm. um, the way you, your total experience. So it's basically all the touch points that, that you have throughout your business. 
um, all results back to to branding mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. so I, I do a bit of the branding here at, at Hungry for Life. And something that I kind of keep in the back of my head is if Hungry for Life was a person. Correct. What would they, they what would they look like? How would they, would they look like? talk? Correct. What Correct. would they be wearing? Exactly all the things that you're saying personified. Correct. Correct. Like For sure. <laughs> but um, it's so true. Like it's a great way to do it is think of it as a person because mm. at the end of the day, people connect on a human level. Yeah. So people buy from people, right? So if yeah. your brand doesn't have the emotional aspect tied to it right. um, and you're not coming across as if you're a person, then how do you expect people to buy from you, yeah. right? Um, because they, people want to connect with, with other humans. Mm-hmm. And so that's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's when the importance of branding is not just the logo is just one aspect. That's just the visual component of how you show up. Right. Just one small part of it, right. um, to create the memorable part in the person's mind. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other facets to branding that you have to look at collectively to kind of make sure that you that you show up strongly. It's very multifaceted. It's multifaceted. Yeah. Sure. It's very fascinating sure. once you dive yeah, in. It is. Yeah, it I, is. I love it. It is. Um, okay, so then I'll jump back to that question, mm-hmm. what, which is what are a few different elements of branding, and uh, which we kind of just talked about, and which one do you deem most important for ah. a charity specifically? Ah. Okay, okay. Um, I would say, so for ch- nonprofits or charities that don't know um, who they are, who they serve, um, how do they want to show up in the world? Maybe who the competitors are. I would say, and even their core values and beliefs. If you're not sure about all those things, so which is that's what we do in the brand strategy part. So for me, I would say brand strategy is probably the most important facet to to get right first because it's kind of like the cornerstone of your sure. brand, right? So <clears throat> a yeah. lot of nonprofits, if they're not sure about all those things that I just mentioned, then how do they know who to target or who to speak to, right? Mm-hmm. And so all those things that we spoke about now, normally your other facets of branding, like brand identity design or your visual system, um, your messaging, um, your website design, development, um, SEO, all those things, marketing campaigns, mm-hmm. ad campaigns, social media, they all stem from the brand strategy. And so right. that's kind of like the cornerstone of the brand. Yeah. And so it's your true North Star, as they say. Yes. And so if yeah. you don't know all those things, then how do you attract your tribe? How do you attract and talk to people? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so brand strategy for us is normally the – the fundamental part, like the missing part normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then normally all the other branding elements normally follow on from the brand strategy. I feel like I'm going to get off topic here for a second. But yeah. what, like, for somebody who doesn't have a clue where to start with a brand strategy, like, can you give, like, three tips for, like, starting a brand strategy? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I feel like if you have, it's a very overwhelming concept to sit for down sure, and think sure. of all those facets. Sure. Okay, so, like, three points. Like, for sure. Understand who you are. So okay. really dig, dig deep with you or your team, or if you don't have a team, bounce ideas with someone, but really unpack like who it is that you, what is it that you stand for? Mm-hmm. Like, what are your beliefs? What are you, what is it that, what's the impact that you want to make in the world? Um, Cause really understanding who you are. So like a, your mission, vision, your values, mission, vision, values, okay. all those type of things, right? Like yeah. unpack all of those as, as best as you can. Okay. You can always get a copywriter to help you write them out, yeah. like mission statements, vision statements, all those things, but yeah. um, really jot down and write down all the things that you, that you stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's number one. Okay. Then number two is figure out who your audience is. So who's your target persona that you're after? Mm-hmm. Like, are they female? Are they male? What demographics? Mm-hmm. Um, really, like, 
put yourself in their shoes. Like where do they hang out? Um, where are they online? Where are they on social media? Like really, really get to understand your consumer. What are their pain points? What are their gains? What are they trying to achieve? Because once you know all of that, yeah. then it helps you with your messaging, right? You know how to speak to them. You know how to target your ads or campaigns towards them. Yeah. Um, you can really get to know them um, and so that and connect with them on a deeper level, right? Mm-hmm. And then so that's how you build those fan base or that community. Yeah, so I would point. say the yeah. second one is really understand um, who you're trying to talk to. Yeah. Uh, third one um, is probably, I would say... Another good one is understanding like your landscape. So who are some of your competitors or who's showing Mm. up around you? Because I think looking at um, and understanding how they do things can also give you insights and inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, I often look at my competitors' um, Instagram feeds. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to kind of see what what they're talking about, how do they show up? Because you might get some inspiration from them, but it also allows you to spot the gaps. Like what are they doing that maybe – um, or what aren't they doing that maybe you could do and maybe there's a gap that you can fulfill. Good point. And so, and so opportunity. that's – There's yeah. lots of opportunities there, especially when you do – when you start to dig deep and go through all your competitors. Yeah. You can do some competitor research and mm-hmm. kind of unpack all of that. I would say normally in the beginning, those three are normally the, the key ones to kind of like give you a lot to work with. So first one, brand strategy. Brand Second, strategy. know your per, well, your You know persona. your target personas Thank and your you, audience. Your, your target persona and your audience. Yeah. And then the third was – um, your landscape, know your landscape. who you're working with, industry, who's around with your competitors. Yeah. Correct. Great. Correct. Good tips. Cool. Okay. Cool. So lots of nonprofits struggle with getting our cause out there and mm-hmm. getting buy-in. Uh, what is a tool that you think would be beneficial that maybe nonprofits aren't aware of? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's hard not to just be one of those, another, another nonprofit asking for money. Like we really really want to convey vision, not... For sure. Yeah, For not sure. necessarily... Oh, TJ, what was that quote you said yesterday? Something about... Uh, TJ's our tech guy who always sits behind the desk. Anyways, it was basically about, like, really wanting to convey vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that will get people, draw like, attracted in. and mm-hmm. draw them in. What's that? Not a need, but the vision. Not a need. There we go. Not Thank you. Need, not the need, vision. but the vision. Like so that. how do nonprofits... How do we do it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say probably two come to mind um, is community. So I feel like one way to get buy-in or to get um, get people into your sphere as a nonprofit is community. So one way, well, one way through a marketing way is through email list. So mm. building up that email list, like HFL yes. similar, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah. when you have an audience, try and see if you can capture them into your email list and then nurture them over a period of time because you have to build trust with with your community and with your audience, right, first, before they're going to want to depart with their money. 100%. And so yeah. one way to do that is through your email list. Like a lot of companies see email lists as like they, it's gold, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the it's one of the things that they, they can have and hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're changing products or their business changes, they always have their audience to go back to and say and email them and right. be like, hey, this is who we are, this is what we're doing now, yeah. or our products change or check it out or whatever the case is. So having that email list is pretty fundamental. Um, especially now during COVID, you've seen a lot of businesses that didn't have an email list. Well, then how do they go and reach back out yeah. to the existing database, right? Or to their customers. So sure. okay. I would say create a community, get them into your sphere through yeah. an email list. could be one way. Yeah. Um, what, what's a good way to do that? I mean, like... On your on your website. Yeah. Um, and then if you have like MailChimp or any sort of like tool, ConvertKit, active campaigns, like mm-hmm. those are all like tools that you could use to create a, an email list on. 
Um, and then on your website, you can integrate that and, and capture leads by either offering like an ebook mm. in exchange for the email address or some sort of piece of value. Right. Um, so that you're not just okay. you're like, hey, subscribe to yeah, our, yeah. our newsletter. But um, normally through your emails, you're offering lots of value and lots of insights. Mm. Um, and same with HFL, like you're sharing, you're sharing a lot of that stuff through email, right? Yeah. Um, so one way is build like, and that's how you create almost like fans. Yeah. Because they constantly get in the email and whether it's once a month or you know, once every two weeks, they're in the know constantly. Mm -hmm. What's happening on the ground? What's happening? What projects? What missions are you going on? Mm -hmm. um, support emergency relief funds, all those things. So you, constantly you stay in top of mind mm -hmm. for your audience. So an email list is a great way. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously social media, right? So social media is another great way to create that community. Well, it's as a you beast. Know. It's a beast. It's a beast. But yeah. figure out what channels as a nonprofit you, where your audience um, hangs out on mm -hmm. and it might not be all channels but I would say double down on the channels that give you the the best return or where you see um, your audience hanging out on mm -hmm. so you know maybe for nonprofits, it might not be TikTok it might not be Snapchat maybe it's Instagram maybe it's LinkedIn depending if it's B2B depending on your audience right. um, try and figure out and establish some consistency on posting regularly on on social media mm -hmm. which is really key because again you stay in top of mind you're building that fan base um, and you're getting people used to you and what you say yeah. and you're building trust, right? Yeah. And people will depart or donate when, they, when they've built some trust up with your organization. Yes. And so one way is just get them in, into your sphere and then nurture them over time. That's yeah. what I would say is probably yeah. a great way to get buy-in. Yeah, and I have found that, like, I, I do our social media um, and we use Hootsuite, which mm -hmm. is a, a scheduling program mm -hmm. for social media and it's just been so helpful to like pre-schedule all those posts ahead of time and then Hootsuite provides insights that yeah. you can then come back and, and alter use. your posts Correct. and Correct. or change the day you post change sure. the time you post because all of that plays in and if you don't have a scheduling system I don't know how you do it like as a business I think for that sure. that's that's sure. really important too especially when you're trying to post consistently yeah. Um, yeah it's great to have like a content calendar map out all your yeah, posts exactly um and try and get some sort of um consistency in the way you post and your captions and mm -hmm. your messaging and all of that stuff but yeah. yeah I mean a program like that definitely definitely helps yeah it's helpful for sure yeah yeah um okay Let's talk about SEO. Where yeah. does search engine optimization fit into a branding strategy? Ah, SEO. Okay. Oh. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, um, I mean, for those who don't know search engine optimization. Yeah, you want to define that? Define it, yeah. So, basically, in, in short, it's for, um, it's basically how, how you get, or how you show up um, for non-paid traffic organically on Google, on search platforms. Yeah. Basically, all search engines. Yeah. So, um, SEO is a strategy that a lot of web developers or, or agencies or design studios use um, to obviously give their websites a boost. So same for HFR, we did mm -hmm. the same. So where does it show up? Yeah. For us, uh, it's actually three parts. Okay. So um, SEO for us, we, we onboard an SEO specialist in the beginning of the project, believe it or not. So when we're doing all the website messaging, that's when we'll onboard an SEO specialist to do key, something called SEO keyword research. Okay. And so they've got their special tools and their methodologies and frameworks that they use to go out and pick the top volume keywords mm -hmm. that you could potentially rank for when people are searching. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'll use and get a whole list of those keywords. And then what we'll do is we'll pass it over to the copywriter and make sure those keywords are right. infused okay. into the website copy. Right. So that's into headings, into descriptions, into the body copy itself throughout oh. the website so that when Google indexes your website, yeah. they're picking up those keywords, right? 
I didn't um, know you hired somebody to to oh, find. Oh, for sure. Oh, oh for sure. For okay. Sure, for sure. All right. Yeah, that's 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 another. You're whole like, whoa, so yeah. basic. Shout out Come to on. the ACO specialist because that's another whole ball game on its own, and it, yeah. you got to be in it for years, and you got to really, really understand it okay. and understand the tools yeah. um, to dig deep and find the find what you're looking for. Um, but so yeah, so we do it in the beginning. Okay. And at that stage, sometimes the copywriters will write out what we call the meta titles and descriptions, mm-hmm. which is what we put on the top of each page. So when you Google a company, you'll see the title and sometimes the description appear in your search results mm-hmm. on Google. Mm-hmm. And so what, what we'll do is we'll infuse some of those keywords into the meta title and description. Okay. And so we write those out in the beginning. And then the next stage or the next part where SEO comes in is only later on when we're in the web development build part. Okay. And so then we'll do what they call all the technical or on-page SEO. And mm-hmm. so we'll take all the meta tiles and descriptions and put them in all the pages. And then we'll go and do a whole bunch of other stuff. Like in Webflow for HFL, we'll do things like robots.txt. I'm going to shout out a whole bunch of technical stuff, but 301 redirects, make sure those are in place if you're migrating a website. Okay. Um, yeah, you're speaking t- another language. Chronicle tags <laughs> and alt attributes and all the stuff that yeah. um, helps your, your website perform from an SEO perspective. Okay. We call it the fundamentals. Okay. We always make sure before we go live that we have all those SEO fundamentals in the website ready to go. Yeah. And then we go live. Okay. Then the third part of SEO is where it gets, that's where their job really comes into play mm-hmm. is it's long term. So people think like, oh, that's it from SEO, and then you leave your website and it and it will rank. No, mm-hmm. it's that's not how it works. Okay. So SEO is normally a long-term process. And so after that, that's where you have to get consistent on like blog posting. And mm. then SEO specialists will research keywords or blog topics that are ranking, oh. and then they give you the topics to write about. And then oh. and then and then you gotta write about those blog topics Wait every single second. month. <laughs> Did we know this? I'm sure, I'm sure we did. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then, so then, basically, those blog topics over time yeah. would, would help you rank, and so, and so that's one aspect of it. Yeah. But you got to do that continuously over a long period of time. That's over six months, over a year, over two years, actually indefinitely. Keep okay. going. Um, and so you could do one a month or four a month, up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but writing those key those blog topics with key keywords is is fundamental. Huh. Yep. Yeah, and then back backlinks is another way. So building backlinks to your website, and that's what? I won't go deep into that, but <laughs> okay. but it's a it's a whole process on its own. But basically, writing guest articles on other websites dri- with your link on those websites driving traffic back to your website, and so oh over God. time that improves your domain authority and domain rating, and then that helps you outrank your competitors on Google search. And so okay. SEO, there's a lot of facets to it. There's a lot of technical elements. So yeah. blog posting, backlinks. We constantly do keyword research. We improve the site over time as well. So we'll look right. for errors on the site, improve the site as well to make sure that your performance is good. Because yeah. it all comes down to performance as well. So there's lots of different facets to, to, to look into. <laughs> but that's what hiring an SEO specialist can, can help with. Yeah, with those type of things. because I, I feel like I'm going to leave this this podcast with a whole list of things to do now. For, for sure. For our you know, you got, you got, yeah. Does that translate? Um, this could be a dumb question, but SEO... And keyword searches and all that, is that important to know for um, your social media posts? Or is that more so just for web? More so on, on the website. Okay. Okay. Um, but having your social media channels also allows you to show up on Google search, right? Right. So whether you're on online directories or you're on social media, um, obviously when people search for you or search maybe for something similar within your industry, those pages will rank. Okay. Um, so that's that's. It's it's good. It's, still it's good. It's good. Still important. It's still okay. good to have. For sure. Yeah, I feel like you could do a whole podcast yeah, just on just SEO. on SEO for sure. Oh man, for sure. It's okay. a, it's you can go super deep. 
Um, but yeah. we have some great resources on our website as well. Like if you go to, to cooler.studio and on our blog page, okay. there's some really cool resources that you can check out, like certain performance or SEO things that, yeah. that people can check out and, and implement. Yeah, you showed me a, a few really neat tools to use. One of yeah. the one this doesn't have to do with SEO, but um, one of the ones that you showed me I thought was really cool is you can see uh, exactly where people's mouse is on the website and where they're clicking and ah, yes. where they're yeah. lingering and yeah, right. For sure. What's that? What's so that was called, called Hotjar. Yeah, it's using a heat map to track how users yeah. navigate it's, on your website, it's which is super so basic interesting. For and you, records, but for me, yeah, it, it records just it records actually the user and you can watch the recordings and see how people navigate on your website. So yeah. Hotjar is great for more for like. Um, the user experience. So right, are people okay. clicking on the right buttons? Are people not clicking on any buttons? Are buttons in the wrong place? Yeah. Is copy in the wrong place? And yeah. maybe move sections around? Because as you know, when people land on a website and they scroll down, most of the time when they get to the bottom, they drop, drop off. And okay. so that heat map really shows you where are people navigating and moving through colors, through heat. Right, like yep. kind of like a heat map. So yep. Hotjar is really great for that. But yeah, that was one of the tools that we that yeah. we went through, which is pretty cool. For that and many more, go to kula.studio. Yeah, thank right? you. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have any good examples of a charity you've worked with where uh, you've seen them, seen a dramatic improvement in brand recognition after you've been mm. done? Maybe it's HFL. I don't know, but mm -hmm. go for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, HFL is definitely one of them. But um, we're brand new. Like we just For sure, launched, for sure. We just so, launched the website. Yeah. Um I would say there is one here in Chilliwack, and you might be you might know of them, Afternoon Adventures. So they and uh, do you know do you no. know Afternoon Adventures? Okay, so I don't. okay, so a few people, I think Jeremy and a few people here at HFL know know them, but basically they um, are non non profit and they help. Um, they have an after school care program for kids within the community. I do know what you're talking out, about. That hang yes. out like okay. maybe they don't have anywhere to go in the afternoons, or okay. um, maybe their home environments aren't that great. Mm -hmm. um, or whatever the case is, they have a program after school where they do activities and workshops and they feed them yes, and I have it's really, really cool, okay. right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, for them, she had, uh, she's been running for 10 years, Jeanette, and she had a logo um, that, they, that she created way back, um, but they never really had an online presence at all. So they never saw Often Adventures as its own entity. It was always part of a church. Um, and so they had like a small little page on the church's website that people could go and just basically read what it was about. But it didn't really say much. Um, we didn't give much information to these. So she came to us um, and we helped her firstly create a new brand identity, something a bit more visual, but stronger, but more modern that could stand out. Um, and also something that she could roll out because she does a lot of like merchandising and umbrellas and T-shirts and kids okay. stuff. And so yeah. that was really cool. So that was really important was to create a brand that could then be translate, translate to, to the yeah. principal stuff. Um, and so we did a brand identity. We did a messaging. We did UX UI, which is web design um, in Figma. And then we did Webflow development. So we built a website, same as HFLs and Webflow. And then we did some all the SEO fundamentals. And then we launched. Okay. And so... Um, through that process, uh, when 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 we went through all of it, if you look at her website today, like she had a lot of different audiences similar to HFL. So she had teachers coming onto the website, she had principals coming onto the website, and then she needed the website to speak to parents, mm -hmm. so parents could see what the programs were about. They got a kids like age five to eight, and then eight to thirteen mm -hmm. program, which they call Hangout, um, and then they've got. Um, volunteers as well so a lot of demographics that they're trying to speak to and so right. having an online presence now or and and somewhere where they can drive traffic to mm -hmm. was really key for her mm -hmm. and so her transformation was after launching they had a lot of parents now that she could instead of like 
meeting a parent on the street and being like, she didn't have somewhere to drive them to to explain what After Adventures was. She can now say, well, hey, right. go to afterinventures.ca, yeah. go and you can see everything you need to. What are the benefits? Mm. What's involved? What do they do after school? What's included? How does it work? Show me testimonials. Who do you partner with? All the ch- local schools and churches that they partner with. Um, so it's really like... Saved her a lot of work in the end. Correct. Yeah, and okay. it's like more like a showcase piece. Yeah. But it's really an informational site where now she has something proud of that she can share with her audience mm-hmm. and then be able to then communicate all the value through that. So she's already had parents like register their kids through it um, since awesome. then. And she's yeah. had volunteers apply through it. So now she, it's a great way for her to get out there. Yeah. Whereas before she never had that. So right. now how do people find her online? Um, now if you search after school care program in Chilliwack, you'll Boom. most probably find SEO. them, on, uh, you'll find you them on, yeah. on the top pages of Google for sure. Oh, cool. And so, okay. so that really is helpful for her, right? And yeah. so I would say um, nonprofit wise, um, even though it's not, a t- it's not a business, but she saw the importance of branding and getting your brand identity and your messaging and getting an online presence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really powerful, right? Yeah. To, to help you show up and drive traffic to and be yeah. part of your brand and yeah. really explain what you do and how you do it um, and capture people into that sphere again so now she can reach a wider audience and grow it. Mm-hmm. And she can maybe grow it into Abbotsford and into Langley and all the other areas, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it felt very closed group because no right. one knew about it. It wasn't online anywhere. Yeah. She was just her with some T-shirts and some branding and you saw it in the streets, but you didn't really know what it was about. Right. And so now people can search it yeah. and then find it, find what they need to. Yeah. If you, I feel like if you don't have a, an online presence these days, like it's, it's hard. Very it's hard, hard right? to get out there. For yeah. sure. Because that's your window. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like your window to the world, right? Yeah. Your, your exactly. online presence. And so yeah. if you don't have something, I would say even if it's just a one pager, explaining who you are, what you do, how do you do it, and how does it benefit me, well, then you're kind of you're losing out potentially because mm-hmm. all your other competitors or all your other nonprofits are all online. Yep. And so that's the first thing people go these days is go yeah, and search. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah. Or they're going to go and check you out online or check yeah. you out on social media, and that's that's yeah. what they do, right? That's I get so thing. irritated when no, when I'm looking for somebody and they don't have a website. They don't have a website. <laughs> yeah. For Come sure. on, people. For sure, yeah. Um, great example. Cool. So charities are always concerned with, with costs, as we mm. kind of mentioned before, what would a basic brand identity package cost? Um, you can be as generic as you want here, but cool. I think for our listeners um, who we're, we're trying to explain the benefits of having a website, but mm-hmm. like the cost is a huge factor. For sure. It, well, it depends. Yeah. It depends on what, like what they're trying to build, but I can give you some like rough indications. Yeah. Even just rough, rough yeah, yeah, for sure, for guesstimate. Sure. So the first part of your question uh, was you mentioned um, what is the like what is the the downfall of not doing it correctly mm. or, or or the cost they always they always cost yeah. right yeah um, so yeah cost is a cost is a tricky one because remember as you mentioned earlier like a lot of times you want to do it cheaply yeah um, so you could you could do it for fifty bucks or five hundred bucks and get your brand identity designed. Um, and created, but then, you know, like we mentioned, is it memorable? Is it modern? Um, is it, does it represent your vision? Um, you know, is it high quality? Do you have all the files and formats that you need to roll out the brand? You know, so it's all those things. So you can, there's always cheaper ways of doing it. You can mm-hmm. go on like these tools where you can generate a logo online for $5, yeah. but 
does it is it going to do justice you're not going to get like, your search engine optimization specialist no correct correct <laughs> correct so like so like it it's it's really really important to rather invest in the money and do it properly i would say in the beginning mm-hmm. um it just saves you long term because most of the guys that are coming to us now are people who took that approach but then they're like hey it's, this isn't working like i mm-hmm. can't get it printed or it looks really blurry on my website i didn't get the high res formats and mm-hmm. so a lot of times, like they're like, okay, well, I need you to recreate this for us now. So now they've spent the money again right. to get it done properly again. So yeah. brand identity ranges, like depending on um, what you want. Like s- sometimes, like we include like brand guidelines and all the file formats and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. a brand identity can range anywhere from like two thousand to three and a half thousand for a full brand pack. Mm-hmm. That's just on designing the the logos and coming up with all the f- the formats and all that stuff. Yeah, um, so, and going through the process. Um, it's normally a two to three week process, but um, yeah, I would say probably between two and three and a half for that. Websites vary. Websites like we we can do anything from like two thousand dollars all the way up to like thirty five thousand right, dollars. So yeah. it really depends on like depends on how your, big the your website, needs. your yeah. needs, integrations, mm-hmm. um, you know, how technical is it, um, you know, all those type of things uh, that you wanting to do do on the website. Like it can be a simple five page website, or it can be a full blown CMS driven like HFL's website, which is like. 2250 pages and right. so it all just depends really mm-hmm. but yeah that's kind of like a range okay yeah that's that gives a good picture yeah um so we know you do brand identity packaging do you want to explain like your services yeah. what Kula design studio yeah. does exactly yeah yeah sure 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 yeah. um so uh we do we only focus on six core services so so we're more like a boutique design studio okay. rather than an agency yeah. and so some people might not know this but and it's good to know i guess but um, we only offer basically brand strategy, brand identity design, um, copywriting, and then what we call UXUR, which is web design. And then we do Webflow development only. Um, that's the platform that we've chosen. Yep. Um, and then we do SEO. So we only do the six core services, okay. and then we stop at SEO. And so we, what we don't do like most agencies do is the marketing, advertising, social media management, social media posts. We don't do all of that. Mm-hmm. We try and focus on the six core services, the fundamentals. Well, you do them well. And we so, do them well. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of, that was my whole approach from the beginning is like, mm-hmm. let's focus on these six, six core services. We do them really, really well. We have proven frameworks. We have a system and a process that we take our clients through. And so, and they really love that. And so... Um, for us, we yeah, those are kind of like six core six core main services, and we don't really focus on on all the others. So if you're looking yeah. for for maybe for the audience, like if you're looking for someone to do everything, I would say then your best bet is hire a full stack agency or mm. full creative agency, someone that can do all the way from brand strategy all the way through to marketing, marketing yeah. because then you have one team. Um, and normally a single point of contact that can then help you drive all the different facets right. that you need to work through to, to evolve your brand from all the way from the beginning to and then continuous. Right. Normally agencies would then have some sort of monthly retainer or they would work with you monthly to then continue that journey with you okay. from customer journey mapping to marketing to doing your PRs and advertising and social media management right. and helping you get your business out there. That's normally on a bigger level, mm-hmm. but for us, yeah, we focus on the on the fundamentals. So we passionate about the small guys, as I yeah, mentioned. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I feel like that was a lot of information and yeah. really good information yeah. for for those who are in our industry or even any business, really. For sure. Um, if people want to get a hold of somebody like you, yeah, how would they do that? Yeah. Um, so for Kula specifically, you can go to Kula Studio. Okay. K H U L A. K H U L A dot studio. Dot studio. Yeah. 
Um, so that's that's one way we've got everything on our website. You can check it out there. Uh, and then connect with me on LinkedIn. Like I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. Okay. I love LinkedIn. Um, it's great for BDB. So um, just look yeah. up Jamie Wendell. Jamie Wendell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And then I c- you can send me a DM or we can chat or, or book a call. And I'm always jumping on calls with people every week. And yeah. so that's so, yeah. awesome. And then uh, probably for um, also do some mentoring on ADP list. Which is pretty cool. So for freelancers and creative freelancers. Okay. Um, started that journey recently, which has been really cool. Oh, and so that's like freelancers from all over the world. So if, to the freelancers out there, if they're listening, yeah. um, you can book me on ADP List as well. Okay. Um, ADPList.org. Um, and they'll find my profile on there if they search for me. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. And they can yeah. book a session and we chat about everything and anything business design related. Cool. How to start a design studio, et cetera, et cetera. So, that's neat. Yeah. Really, okay. really cool. It's cool as we have given back. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, thanks for cool. imparting your wisdom. No problem. On branding and no problem. all that kind of stuff. And yeah, if you want to know more, uh, we'll drop some resources as well. I've asked Jamie to provide a few resources yeah. and we'll link oh, those in our nice. in the comments when sure. we post this. So sure. that's all I have. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Cool. Thanks for listening to What in the World, where we seek to educate and inspire. Here at Hungry for Life, we are passionate about your group having a global impact in eradicating needless suffering. For more information, head over to our website at hungryforlife.org. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Tune in every other week for another conversation about what is happening at Hungry for Life.